0: Our first sacred text this morning comes from the book of Exodus, chapter 3, verses 1 through 15. You can find this in your Pew Bible on page 48 of the Old Testament. Moses was keeping the flock of his father in law, Jethro, the priest of Medean. He led his flock beyond the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There, The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of a bush. He looked, and the bush was blazing, yet it was not consumed. Then Moses said, I must turn aside and look at this great sight and see why the bush is not burned up. When the Lord saw that he had turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses, and he said, Here I am. Then he said, Come no closer. Remove the sandals from your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. He said further, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, I have observed the misery of my people who are in Egypt. I have heard their cry on account of their taskmasters. Indeed, I know their sufferings, and I have come down to deliver them from the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey to the country of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. The cry of the Israelites has now come to me. I have also seen how the Egyptians oppressed them. So come, I will send you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? He said, I will be with you, and this shall be the sign for you that it is I who sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall worship God on this mountain. But Moses said to God, If I come to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, and they ask me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. He said further, Thus you shall say to the Israelites, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, Thus you shall say to the Israelites, The Lord, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this my title for all generations. And our next reading comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 16, verses 21 through 28. And you'll find that on page 17 in the New Testament section of the Pew Bible. Excuse me. From that time on, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and undergo great suffering at the hands of the elders and the chief priests and scribes and be killed. And on the third day, Be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, God forbid it, Lord, this must never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan, you are a stumbling block to me, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. Then Jesus told his disciples, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit them if they gain the whole world but forfeit their life? Or what will they give in return for their life? For the Son of Man is to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay everyone for what has been done. Truly I tell you, there are some standing here who will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. That ends the reading of the sacred text this morning.
1: Thanks, Lisa. It's time to go now. Oh, actually, you can stay for a little bit. Um, I I really enjoy having you here. It's good to be here every Sunday. I appreciate it. appreciate all of you. But we're going to talk about how it's time to go now from kind of a God perspective, then a little bit from our perspective. And we're going to get a little bit of help from both uh, Moses and Peter. Because Moses and Peter, very different moments in history and in time, um, are both hearing from the divine calling of what they should be doing, how they should be doing it, where they should be going. And it's interesting because this the Moses story, it's one of the most famous, of course, the, the burning bush. Um God speaks out of a burning bush. Don't we all wish it was so clear for us? Um, And he says, it's it's time to go now, Moses. But what's interesting is that often when we have these kind of stunning appearances of God, um, the response is dramatic and stunning from the person receiving it. Um, did you notice in this reading that Moses doesn't seem very daunted by this? He doesn't like, whoa, what God in a bush? He, he, he doesn't seem uh, surprised or stunned or wondering, is this real? Um, he actually has a certain comfort level. He, it says he even turns himself a little bit so he can see better from, from a different angle. Um, he's kind of leaning into this experience. So that's one of the interesting things to, to see about Moses here. And I was, as I was preparing this week, I was uh, reading it, someone else writing a little bit about this passage. Um, and they said something really interesting because I think we sometimes, we kind of load assumptions into certain things in these stories, such as Moses is told by God to, to uh, remove his shoes, because it's sacred ground, and I know where I always tend to go. It's kind of like, yeah, this is the holiest, the special place, because I'm here, I'm God, and, and and all of this, and and you've got to do great honor and homage, and but you know it actually doesn't really say that, and and we kind of put that into it often. So I heard another little take on it. And I was thinking about this. You know, I love love summertime. Okay, I'm ready for a little bit of rain now and a little more cooler days here and there. But I love summertime because, you know, most of the time I can just go around in a t-shirt and shorts and barefoot. How many of you like that? I don't know how many of you like that. But it's like, I feel like I can breathe, yeah. And I feel like I'm kind of freed up. And it's, it's, for me, it's one of those ways where I can just relax into myself. And I, when I do that, it's like that, that face we wear where we're, others have expectations of us and we're trying to stand up and meet the expectations of others or even God. I feel like in t-shirt and shorts and barefoot, I can just relax and just be me and kind of let go of all that for a For a few minutes, all right? And so when I was reading this week, there was a suggestion that that's actually what God is asking Moses to do. You know, don't go the other extreme, uh, you know, this is holy sacred ground, I got to act a certain different way that I wouldn't act anywhere else. No. Relax into yourself. Because I've got a mission for you. Um, It's time to go now. It's time to bring my people out of Egypt. It's time to bring them to the promised land. And it's going to be a long journey. And Moses, I want you to relax into yourself. Because the reason I've asked you to do this is because you've been called in who you are to be a leader who can bring these people and can represent me in that process. But you can't do it by trying to be somebody else. You have to relax into yourself. And everything you need will come if you can do that. So that was a fascinating little insight that kind of opened my eyes up to perspectives whenever we talk about God calling us. Um, And of course, part of the whole theme of this whole sermon is um, uh, it's time to go now, is that you know what? We don't really always like this. But every time we encounter God and spend the time to encounter God, God never is calling us to stay exactly where we are, doing exactly what we're doing, not changing a thing. God is always calling us to the next step in our human development of becoming the best we can be as individuals, um, as a community, because that is in the vision of God of how we're going to actually get to the fullness of creation is for all of us to relax into ourselves and to keep on the move and keep on the go and keep on the journey towards being more deeply what God has created us to be. So Moses seems kind of comfortable with it at this point. Now Peter, on the other hand, is a little bit different when we get to the Gospel reading today. And I know we had a couple of long readings today, but I just needed us to look at both Moses um, and Peter. And Peter's this way all of the time. Um, uh, Peter is one way one minute, one way the next. Anybody know anybody like that? All in one minute, no. If you're going to do that, I'm all out. You know, the next minute. Um, And yet, when you read uh, the scriptures about Peter... And you hear and you see Jesus' encounter with Peter. Jesus wants Peter to learn. Peter wants, uh, Jesus wants Peter, yes, to be on the go of becoming more, but he doesn't want to change his personality. He doesn't want to change that passion that he has that makes him go from one direction to another. He wants him to learn how to relax into himself so he's not so hyper about it all. Uh, and be able, therefore, to live more faithfully what he's being called to do, as another kind of leader that's being called to lead the people out of whatever is holding them back into their new time, their new liberation, and uh, you know. Jesus i think understood very much who Peter was because he always uses really harsh language with him one direction or another a really strong language i should say one minute he's praising him for yes you are right you got it and the next minute it's get behind me satan because Peter doesn't understand yet that on the journey you have to do some things you've never been asked to do before you have to die to yourself you have to pick up your cross And if you're going to be a follower of Jesus, you can't stay in one place. Anybody ever followed anything and just stayed still? You can't stay still. You've got to be on the move, don't you, to follow. Um, So Peter's still kind of learning this. He's learning that this is a different path. And he's learning about the path. And he's learning how to relax into himself and be himself in the process. And if you put all the passages about Peter together you kind of begin to see that coming together. So we have these two interesting examples today. And it made me think about something. Um, this is just kind of the way my mind works, and I read these kind of things in a lot of books. You know, How do you explain something? You put it in a framework, and sometimes you put it into four quadrants. Have right? you ever seen anything like that? So I'm going to hand you out something. I just hand-wrote. So, um, can I? give it? to I think it relates to our journey of it's time to go now. No matter what our age or what our situation in life is, it is time to go now. Um, Everybody's hands are walking through it. I know. So now, you can actually fill this in for yourself at some point if you want to, um, and put different things in the boxes, but let me explain how it's structured. Um, across the top, you see, it could be I, it can be we, we don't want. You ever say, somebody says, you should do this, and I say, I don't want to, right? Or, we don't want to. And then on the right side, it's, we do want to. Okay, Or I do want to. Now, this all relates to want or not wanting to, to what our situation is in our personal life, our church life, our community life, our culture, whatever it might be. Uh, and sometimes the current situation we're in is bad. You see that on the left side. Sometimes the current situation is good. Okay. So on both sides of this quadrant, you have positive, one positive and one negative. So now you bring them together. So that first quadrant on the left, upper left, is when the current situation is bad and uh, I or we don't want to do something about it. Uh, one example of that might be, and I, don't, I haven't gotten far enough of this to have good examples for every one of them yet, um, but one example of that is addiction. Often, when people are addicted, Drugs, alcohol, whatever it might be. It can be a lot of different things. They know it's bad. They might even know all the harm it's doing to them. But they've not gotten to the point where they want to do anything about it. Where they feel like they can't do anything about it. And so those are things in that, that kind of quadrant as well. That can happen in organizations. It can happen in churches as well. We might know something bad about our situation but it's going to require us to address it, to do some things differently, and maybe we don't want to, you know. Um, So that's one example. Now I'll take you down to the bottom left uh, quadrant. Um, This is where your um, current situation is good, um, and you don't want to do anything about it because you just want to stay there. Um, you can kind of think of the story of uh, when Jesus, another one of those stories, when Jesus takes uh, Peter, James, and John up to the mountain uh, and uh, they want to build tents it 's Peter again wants to build a, want to stay there. This is a good experience i don 't want to go anywhere else. And Jesus basically said, "No, this is just a moment um, and it 's going to be time to go now. you can 't build a stationary place to be. And often when our situation is good, we want to just stay there, but we can't stay there. Time moves on, situa- other situations around us move on. And the question is, how do we come from that situation and move to another good situation that is, in sense, further down the road towards all of God's hopes and dreams for us. Now, in the upper right-hand quadrant, the uh, current situation is bad, Um, And we want to do something about it. Alright? So the current situation is bad, and we want to do something about it. That's good, because that means we're focusing on what the reality of the situation might be. We want to do something about it. Um, Obviously, the people of Israel, when they were in, uh, in bondage in Egypt, their current situation was bad. And with the help of Moses, who wanted to do something about it, with God's call... Um, they were able to begin the long journey of doing something about it. But you'll notice it took 40 years. So a lot of times, um, it's really hard in these situations because what holds us back from doing something is we know, even though our situation is bad, um, that uh, it's going to be a lot of work to get us to a better situation. So we still hold up. Now, bottom right quadrant, the current situation is good. And we want to do something. This is kind of like, you know, if you read those things about how to become more fully a human being, uh, fully actualized, as they say, and, and everything that you can be, is an understanding that even when the situation is good, I am prepared and focused on the fact that I don't, I'm not called to stay there. We are not called to stay there. We're called to move through that goodness to the next place on the journey. Because that's the one thing that's consistent in all of God's calling in the scriptures is that you never stay where you are. You always move. Um, you always are going further down the road of becoming one with God and the fullness of what humanity is supposed to be. So that that right-hand quadrant is not where we often are in our lives. I know I'm not. But it's one that uh, that... If we're not vacillating, uh, that's kind of a goal where we, we kind of want to be. Um, so you can look at situations in your own life and you can see the good ones and the bad ones and you can write in these quadrants uh, w- where you fit in these quadrants and what, you know, are you willing to do something about it? Or are you willing not to do something? How are you hearing God's call? Um, so a uh, couple things around this. <coughs> Um, two key points God always has a better place for us to be God always has a better place for us to be, always and God calls the real you the you that has that divine spark of creation in you the best of you to go on a journey to that better place now, and one of the things you can also do, as I mentioned, with these quadrants is you can look at them both from a personal level, or you can look at them from your family system level, you can look at them from a church level or culture level, you can look at them, you, you can take it in any way that you want to take it as you might reflect on it. Um, so, the goal, I think, anyway, as I read all the scriptures and I see the call to Moses and to Peter the goal is to change the world so that love is the only power left in the world to change the world so it's love is the only power that's left in the world because you see a lot of these stories like the, the Moses leading the people to the promised land Um, are about liberation. Love liberates everyone to go to a better place. It sets them in motion on the journey. Um, And um, it takes the true person, the true identity of who that person is, along, on the way. Love doesn't ask you to be a different person than you really most authentically are. It never does that. Um, so these things get really complex because by the time we get to the point in lives we are, not just in our personal lives, whatever age we might be, but the time in history that we are, there's so much baggage that's been built up, um, around me as a person, the family system I came out of, the culture I grew up in, um. The, the, the history that came before, because you know what? We inherit so much, so many assumptions about life, good, bad, and ugly, um, from the history that we come out of. If we had come out of a different place and a different time, we would see things differently. We would understand things differently. You know, the, the, the ugly head of... Um, of racism is being discussed, obviously, in our country, again, um, and we see that that has been part of our history, along with a lot of good things. But it's been one of those bad parts of our history. It's been a bad part of human history, but it has a particular way it played out in our country, and we see that we haven't totally gone to another place yet. That it's still there in subtle ways often and in very dramatic ways um, other times. Uh, And we can see that with so many of the other um, issues that we debate and get angry with each other about today. You know, every time uh, one of those issues gets you mad when somebody says something, it means it's one of those things that's within our, our communal culture, our communal DNA that we haven't really journeyed far enough to get through it to a better place yet. But God is always saying we can do it but we're going to end up being too often like Peter saying but not that way Jesus. Not that way. Can I follow you Jesus but can we do it my way instead of that way? Dying to myself? To my own ego? Picking up my cross? And following? Jesus, you picked up the cross for me, right? Uh, why do I need to pick it up? Why do I need to do that? You know, there's probably actually an infinite number of sermons and conversations that can happen around these two important stories of Moses' call from God to go and to make sure. That God's people are liberated and get on that journey to the promised land. And Peter's struggle with wanting it, but not sure he wants to do it the way Jesus has it planned, because there's got to be a little bit easier way. These are stories that are stories, frankly, of our lives, uh, of our communities, um, of our history. Um, and we go back to them over and over again because every time, kind of like what I was able to see this week in, in taking the shoes off and going barefoot, um, you, you, you get a different insight into what we can do to accept the call from God. It's time to go. Now. Don't stay where you are. I have a better place for you. It's time to go.
0: Now.